About a week and a half ago, I did a burial at a cemetery for a woman who had been quite active here at St. John's in the 60s, 70s, 80s. And at the service, her daughter told the following story. Her father always insisted on sitting in the front pew right in front of the pulpit every Sunday. And on the first Sunday that a new rector arrived at St. John's, about two rectors ago, so this was, I think, 74, the new rector steps into the pulpit, and there is the father seated next to a woman with red hair. The next Sunday, the new rector steps into the pulpit, and there is the same man seated next to a woman with blonde hair. The third Sunday, the rector gets up into the pulpit, and there is the man seated next to a brunette. And the rector at the door of the church after the service pulls the man aside and says, it's a little distracting. <laughs> Stepping into the pulpit to preach about biblical values, and here you are in the front pew every Sunday with a different woman. <laughs> Incredulous, the man said, that woman is my wife. <laughs> Turns out she had a fabulous collection of wigs which she loved to wear to church on Sundays. I, I tell that service, that story, for two reasons. The first, it's pretty hilarious. Um, although I, th I think it says more about that priest in the church than it does about a woman who likes to wear wigs. But the second reason I tell it is because not seeing what is right before you not recognizing what is happening is at the heart of the resurrection story. Later in the Gospel of Luke, after the story we heard this morning, the disciples do not recognize the risen Christ until he breaks bread with them. And in the Gospel of John, after Mary Magdalene leaves the empty tomb, she does not recognize the risen Jesus until he calls her by name. This signifies that the resurrection was a complete transformation of life and death, not merely the resuscitation of a corpse. And it drives home the Easter proclamation by the two men in dazzling clothes at the empty tomb. Why are you looking for the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. We gather today not to recount an event of the past, but to encounter the risen Christ in our midst. We stand at the empty tomb and are also asked if we are looking for the living among the dead.
It's a poignant and a pressing question. Over two years of a global pandemic that has brought death and destruction and disruption. War raging in Ukraine and fears of a widening conflict. Deepening partisan division that casts neighbors as the enemy because they hold different political views. Jesus did say something about loving your enemy. It is so easy these days to be consumed with anxiety and fear. I know that I am sometimes. But as one writer put it, no matter the contours of current affairs, Easter is Easter. Today is about life and love and joy. It is about remembering God's promise in the words of the prophet Isaiah of a new heaven and a new earth and God's call to be glad and rejoice forever in what God is creating. To truly enter into the joy of Easter, we cannot go looking for the living among the dead. Nothing is normal after Easter. Everything is new. So perhaps we need to let go of clinging to our desire of returning to the normal and embrace the uncertainty of the future, trusting in God. The icon of the resurrection of Christ that is on the cover of the bulletin shows the resurrected Christ pulling Adam and Eve out of the tombs. He has grasped each of them by the wrist, not the hand their other hands reaching out in supplication to Christ. This is an intentional element of the icon. Adam and Eve do not help pull themselves out of the tomb. It is Christ alone who breaks the chains of death. The message of that image, that icon on your bulletin, is to reach out to God in faith and then let God take care of the rest. The day after burying the woman who loved to wear wigs, we had a funeral for a beloved parishioner here in the church who died in early February after being diagnosed with a terminal brain tumor on Christmas Eve. When I met with her just after Christmas, she said that she had been given three months to live, but asked me to pray that it would be shorter. She said, if you know where you're going, why wait around? Now, she was in her 80s, but still, that is a remarkable statement of faith. 
She knew that through the resurrection of Christ, the true meaning and measure of life is love, not lifespan. She knew that we become fully alive when we give to God the life that we cannot keep anyway. Her dying request was that her funeral be a joyful celebration of life. And it was. This glad Easter day is about joyfully celebrating the victory of life and love over the forces of death. But Easter is not just a day. It reminds us of who we are and who we are called to be. The empty tomb is an invitation to live as Jesus lived and to go forth as Christ's body in the world. St. Teresa of Avila said, Christ has no body now but yours, no hands, no feet on earth but yours. Yours are the eyes through which he looks compassion on this world. Yours are the feet with which he walks to do good. Yours are the hands through which he blesses all the world. It is easy and tempting for us, regardless of how often you come to church, to see this service as the place we come for our annual celebration of the empty tomb. But that risks looking for the living among the dead if we do not see Easter as the complete transformation of life and death for us. I hope this service is a beautiful, inspiring encounter of God in community for each one of you. But what truly matters is the life we live outside this building and this service. Whether you come to church once a week or once a year, I guess now it's once every three years, <laughs> my only prayer is that this service is a mirror in which you see and recognize the face of Christ in yourself and in each other. And then, like the women at the tomb, go forth and tell the story of God's love, not only with your lips, but with your lives. Amen.